Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Yippie Kaye movie showdown. Last wow. week's champion was Sean Murphy. He won the sports films category. So this week, he's challenged by John Quattrusi and Drew Gould for the buddy film category. Okay? Everybody ready? Except I'm ready. let's start with, what did you see this week? Sean and Debbie, what did you see this week? Well, we've been, wa- we've been watching um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, binging it. We've oh seen most of the episodes, but we've never watched them all the way through in order. And they're really freaking me out. I don't get out as much as I used to because of COVID, but now I'm afraid to go out because I'm afraid I'm going to have these. I've become so socially distorted during the, the um, <laughs> isolation. I'm going to have a Larry David. I yeah, just that wait. show. You got to love them. Yeah. That was a funny show. That show it, is amazing. It is a funny sad, show. But the joke, the, the pattern of the funny, you know, you build up the whole uh, half hour and at the end is such a punch. It's so. It's Did you so see the hilarious. episode where he got the hooker to go in the HOV lane? Have you seen? Oh that? my god, that's so funny! That Did you see that hilarious. that film that that uh, that particular episode saved a guy from a murder charge? Did you see that? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, someone oh, in the stand. I, we, that, we, you yep. were talking about that. Yeah, they were right. able to save somebody from a murder footage. charge because he was oh, on yeah, the show. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear that. They, Larry David probably Larry David resents. Watched, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably resents. No, it's it actually quite a touching day. documentary because Larry David was very touched. It was amazing. It was it was a great story. Tell oh. me more um, about touching Larry David. Yeah, yeah, he's. I listen. I would touch him. He's my. <laughs> the point he's, of my, he's my thing was John has Tom Brady. I got Larry David, lane, but whatever. Oh my god! So you got a man crush on Larry David? I just think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant. And you don't like him that way. And he has great hair. He does have great hair. He doesn't like him like Sean. Um. Uh, with the guy from last week, I can just name him from Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Oh, that's my. Yeah. You couldn't remember Listen. Kevin Costner's name. Correct? I couldn't remember Kevin Costner. Oh I'm He's pissed we didn't pick the Sam one. I'm telling you, he's so bitter about the Sam one. Passed it over to me. <laughs> my favorite character in that show was Marty Marty um, Funkhauser. Funkhauser. Oh God, yeah, Bob Einstein. And, and that yeah. joke he does with with Jerry Seinfeld in that episode. I don't know if you've gotten that far where they redo this. They they redo that's Seinfeld. Hilarious. And he tells that joke to Larry, uh, to, to, uh, what's his no, name? Ralph, you're I'm using saying. your time to talk about, uh, yes, I will give up my time to talk about okay. Larry Davis. I just want to make sure so we're, on a, we're on a I tight schedule. We only have 40 All right, John, seconds. What'd you watch? What'd you watch? Uh, actually, I've been binge watching the show elementary, uh, oh. which is awesome. Uh, and That's fun. Uh, I didn't realize that I really hadn't seen the first season and I was a big fan of the show, but I started watching the first season. And I'm going, I-, I haven't seen these episodes and Johnny Lee Miller is great in the role. And Lucy Liu's really good to it. It's, and I like the other show, the BBC Sherlock. It's just mm-hmm. so different and they're both so unique, but the, uh, Johnny Lee Miller is great. Uh, really great show. If you get a chance, you should watch. I'm watching it on Hulu. So, uh, really enjoying it. Have you gotten to the episodes where, um, Sean Pertwee's on? Yes. I, I mean, I remember them when I watched them originally. Oh, okay. I yeah, interviewed so. him. Oh, you did? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love Sean. Years ago, when he was bell, on Gotham. Is... Yeah. Love him. Among... Any, uh, Doctor Who was his father. Oh, Ralph. Oh, Rod's mad. I wasn't supposed to talk. No, no, no. I was going to no, ring the bell, you... but this is this is inappropriate, uh, Bell. No, not, not oh, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm name dropping, Bell. I'm done. I talked about elementary. Awesome. All right. Well, Joe and Brad, what do you got? Uh, we've been binging um, Mad About You from the beginning. It holds wow. up. Wow. Really good. To know. good. When wow. did Jokes. that come out? 1992? Well, how, how old is yeah, it? Yeah, 92. Right. Yep, 92. Boom. 
I mean, you can tell the 90s from fashion and stuff. I, I, I've said to Brad, God, I remember wearing a lot of vests in the early 90s. Um, <laughs> um, but it's it's been really good. And I watched, um, I love true crime. Brad does not. So I watched the documentary on um, on Netflix, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh, that's supposed to be good. Um, it's yeah. okay. Oh, it was it was pretty good. I mean, it 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 just it had such a bizarre ending that I I I didn't see it coming, you know. And I'm so used to watching their other documentaries where, um, plus, uh, usually if you know these like this one was a series so it was four episodes god and i i just would rather either watch a two-hour documentary or like stretch it out and make it like a whole thing you know but it seems when they do this balance and and some of it was it 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 was it was really disturbing i mean it when it just wasn't what i expected so yeah these documentaries that they stretch out yeah the what the audio that that Matt, the magician guy. Oh, in and of itself, we watched oh, is that in on Hulu? and of itself. Oh, you haven't seen that? That's wait. Are we Hulu. supposed to do three shows? Can I'm I doing as many was... shows as I She's want. Making up for all. I only those. have a minute. Yeah, for his, for his 48 hours. So <laughs> and that's the end. Uh, John, maybe if you pronounce your <laughs> yeah, you last 48 hours, what the hell do you work? All right, nice, no. Brad. <laughs> all right, Drew. What do you got? Well, I watched a lot of stuff this past couple weeks. <laughs> oh, boy. The, okay, the one me, I really want in. to talk wait, about. Wait, wait. Can I jump in for a second? Sure. Drew did. We do. You know, Drew and I do talk between shows. And he did mention yeah. he had a lot of shows that he wanted no, to talk about. Really? And I find out he watches about 28 or 29 shows per week. And he had a bunch. Wow. that he, he gave me a list. And he really wanted to talk about a bunch of them. So I've come up with a new segment, okay, which is Drew's Wheel. Because I just can't do this anymore. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I want to know: Is this something you pre-planned with Drew? Did I'm saying, I, well, obviously he sent okay, me so his picks. Like you guys are doing from the wheel and talk about John. He said, he said John, John, we don't just talk about you between shows. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Joe, I'm calling you next week. We're going to so, do a bit. Drew, okay, that's Drew, it. What is the one? The first film you want to do, or the first one you want to talk about, is what? And then we'll go to the wheel for the next two. But like, here's the way. Here's the deal with the next two. You've got 15 seconds to talk about the other two, okay? That sounds each fair. One, and mostly, mostly it sounds the most fair to John, which is what I, I am most concerned <laughs> okay. about. So thank okay. you for working with me. So the, let's one the, first talk one. About, the one I want to talk about for a little bit more than 15 seconds is Judas and the Black Messiah that uh, premiered yeah, uh, in theaters and on HBO Max um, uh, last week, last Friday. It's the true story of how the FBI murdered uh, Fred Hampton. It's kind of nuts that this hasn't been made into a movie before. And this movie was made with um, his widow and his son's participation. And it's got an incredible cast. It's going to be up for uh, a lot of awards. It's already been nominated for some Golden Globes and things like that. And the last HBO Max movie that's supposed to be in the theater that I watched was um, The Little Things. This is so much better. So much better. Like it really, it's it's excellent. It's it's a tough watch, but it's is he the character? Is he the character that was in the Chicago Seven film? Yes, I don't I don't remember who played him, but yes, Fred yeah. Hampton was played by Daniel Kaluuya in this movie, and okay. he's played. Uh, he's a, I think it's a smaller role in the Chicago Seven. Yeah, he was played by the, the guy who was in um, um, the superhero film on HBO, the the remake of uh, The Watchmen. That guy. Oh, okay. 
So I'm yeah, so so this um this movie is about is about Fred Hampton, but it's also about William O'Neill, played by Lakeith Stanfield. William O'Neill is the guy that the FBI turned and used to get to Fred Hampton and to go after the Black Panthers in the late mm. '60s in Chicago, and uh, it's it's great. And also Jesse Plemons, who you first saw him in Friday Night Lights, he was an incredible villain in Breaking Bad. He's been a ton of other stuff. He's the FBI agent who recruits um, uh, O'Neill, and he is amazing so i really i really do recommend that you all check that out they used to call him meth damon he looked like matt damon but they called yeah. him meth damon yeah. <laughs> all right so let's go to the next part of the so drew can do two more but drew you got to be quick on these yeah okay let's do it okay oh. uh this is one i believe was discussed earlier in a previous episode of the podcast and it is a, a documentary about the Bee Gees in which i was not at all interested and it's great it's just a really great story. It's really great storytelling. I didn't realize that they basically had four different careers in music, and uh, that was extraordinary on its own. So I, I would recommend it, especially if you don't think you're interested. Watch it. Okay. And last oh, one. Oh, that's wow. Wow. That's it. That's your two. Perfect. It's the random. Sorry, the random wheel has spoken. Sucks, that's it. The random one. wheel Sorry, has spoken. Well, I, I still recommend I it. <laughs> I doubly recommend it. I definitely. So I wasn't interested in this movie at all, but I would recommend it because it was really good. There we go. The, <laughs> the wheel. The wheel <laughs> tells the <laughs> truth. So sorry, Drew, but that's the way that one works. No, no apologies. We, uh, we left it right, in well, mysterious ways. Since we came up, since I we came up with that, I will not do mine, and we'll go right into the movie showdown. Well, you kind we of may, did, we may bring that segment back next time because. Uh, oh yeah, fun. Was, yeah, and uh, we'll have you do a little quick, quick bites. quick bites. <laughs> we'll add that with uh, Cult Corner with Rod. Michael L. Yeah, oh, that's uh, Movie Strange, by the way. No, 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 that, we're not always on our show. It was Cult oh, Corner. Right, Cult Corner. All right, so let's get to the showdown. <laughs> this week's movie genre is buddy <laughs> films, and our first participant will be John Quattrusi. What do you got, John? What's the uh, movie? I picked uh, for several <laughs> reasons, which I will say after the trailer. Uh, I picked 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans is locked up or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. Nick Nolte is a cop. Eddie Murphy is a con. I can help you get Gans, but you got to get me out of here first. You're crazy. He pulls some strings. See how you needed me a little more than you thought, huh, Mr. K? He pulls some scams. So where do you want to do it, honey? Want to hop up on the counter? Nah, we can go in this room over here next to the bathroom. Give me a break. I'm dead serious. Come on, we're on the move. Let's go. They've got two killers to track down. Toss me that piece, and he won't waste him. They've got a kidnapping going down. I want the money. I don't know what you're talking about. I want that Indian to snap her neck. They've got a fortune to hunt down. I want to know what's going on between you and Gans. Half a million dollars. And it's all coming down in 48 hours. But I gave you 48 hours to come up with something and the clock's running. This guy got a real itchy trigger finger and he's a nervous cop. You better listen to him. You get your brain blown out. I'm the calm type. <laughs> looking for a good old boy by the name of Billy Bear. Never heard of him. Heard of him now, man? You know, you are real stupid for a cop, man. You're following this guy too close. Yeah, well, most cops are pretty stupid, but since you landed in jail, what the hell does that make you? Sam, 
happening, Luther? I'm sorry about the door, man. Did that hurt? It looked real painful. You come clean and we're going again right here, right now. Are you in some hurry or something? Yes, I'm in a hurry. I haven't done anything for three years. Oh, you used to be a priest or something. Save my night. If you screw up, I can promise you. You're going down. They couldn't like each other less. They couldn't need each other more. You want to bet? And if they can get off each other's case. Look at you. You got a $500 suit on. You're still a low life. Yeah, but I look good. They just might solve this one. Being a cop is a hard job, Jack. Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. We ain't brothers, we ain't partners, and we ain't friends. Now, if Dan gets away with my money, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. 48 hours. Y'all be cool. So I picked this movie, 1982's 48 Hours, Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy, James Remar, Jonathan Banks, David Patrick Kelly. It's a great cast. Um, uh, Walter Hill directed it. It's got great, it's violent. It's got a lot of great action, and it is a very funny, funny movie. And there's two reasons why I picked it, because I was really debating which one I wanted to do. One, this was the movie that really opened up the buddy cop movies of the 80s and 90s. This was really the first one. Um, But one, it was Black History Month, so I wanted to pick one that featured a black actor. And two, when you think about debuts in movies, uh, there's there's a bunch of them, but Orson Welles, Citizen Kane, uh, Natalie Portman, The Professional, um, Edward Norton in Primal Fear. But the scene, he, he, he did well on Saturday Night Live and he was becoming famous from Saturday Night Live. But when you see the scene in the bar where he pretends to be the cop, that's when you looked at that scene and said, this guy is going to be a star and a big star. And he did. I mean, his movies now aren't so great, but for a long time, he was putting out great movie after great movie. So he was 20 years old. He was at the beginning of his entire career. Uh, the soundtrack is great. The music, uh, the music is fantastic with the bus boys, but the two of them together, I don't think it would have worked because uh, it was written for Clint Eastwood and Richard Pryor. Oh, wow. I don't think it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte is great in this movie with that gruff voice and his cuffs always undone. The chemistry was fantastic between the two. But for me, it's it's Eddie Murphy's performance. You you saw what he was going to become in this movie. That's why I recommend, I couldn't recommend it any higher. It's good. Okay, yeah, it's got all amazing. those warrior guys in there from the Warriors. That, that's uh, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. Played Luther. And uh, Gans. Gans was... Uh, Gans was, was uh, James Remar from right, Warriors. Right. They're both from His, Warriors. Yeah. Annette yeah, O'Toole so. was a girlfriend. Yeah, good film. Good one. Yeah. All right. Drew, what do you got? What's your film? So the movie that I am pitching to you guys today is Booksmart. Good morning, winner. Take a deep breath. Visualize the mountain of your success and look down at everyone who's ever doubted you. Fuck those losers. Fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. Are we going to go to school or? What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha? 
Go talk to her. She's got a really cute smile. Amy, do you know how many girls are going to be up your vagina next year? Every time I come to visit you, you're going to be scissoring a different girl. Dude, scissoring is not a thing. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Don't knock it until you've tried it. It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safety... Well, this seems excessive. Shotgun. Just kidding. I don't have one. Don't say we're having a date night. Why? It's funny your parents think we're boning. What you two have is special. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. So they remade Superbad. That's awesome. <laughs> well, that is Jonah Hill's sister. Drew, you're on mute. Oh, that is? I didn't know that. Oh, right. The uh, the one girl is. Yeah. Yeah, Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister. So I could tell you that this movie feels very real emotionally. Uh, it's the intensity of adolescence, especially if you have a great friend when you don't have a lot of other friends and your time together is coming to an end because you're going on divergent paths. I could tell you that the movie is just an explosion of talent and acting, which it is, and in writing. And it's one of my favorite kinds of movies. I've mentioned this before. The, you know, fully assured, and it deserves to be uh, so confident, directorial debut. This is Olivia Wilde, the actress's uh, directorial debut. Um, I could tell you about the deep bench of young talent that fills out this cast. Uh, the leads are Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver. I hope I'm pronouncing Ms. Deaver's name right. Um, and all the adult roles are familiar faces and they're welcome faces, but they also give room for the young talent to really flower. And it's just, it's fantastic. Um, I could tell you that it's a great buddy movie. It's about uh, two girls growing up and negotiating all those challenges and trying to become adults and also stay friends, even as things tear them apart. But I think you should vote for Booksmart because it's really, really, really funny. It's really funny. It's very cleverly written. It's emotionally real. And uh, I haven't laughed so hard and loved a movie so much for delivering on what it promised in a long time. And uh, 2020 sucked a lot and we need laughs and this movie delivers. So I hope that you'll vote for me for class. I hope that you'll vote for (laughs) Booksmart (laughs) this week on the Yippie movie showdown. Booksmart. The best buddy movie you'll hear about today. And that came out when? Is that 2020? 2019. 2019. 2019. Okay. Back when you could question. go see it in the theater. Yeah. Um, ahead, Drew, is the movie funny, though? Is it funny? I think it is, it is, it is pretty funny. As comedy it goes, funny? it's got comedy okay. in it. 
So I think it's, <laughs> it's, got, it's got it's got good comedy in it. With like, I All think right. I think you'll laugh. I think he said it was funny, so it's funny. All right, defending champion Sean Murphy, what do you got? Well, I'm here with one of my favorite buddy films of all time, Butch 1969's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Paul Newman is Butch Cassidy, and the Sundance Kid is Robert Redford. Catherine Ross is Etta Place. Dynamite's ready, Butch. Well, that ought to do it. Think you enough dynamite there, Butch? Most of this is true. And all of it blazes with action. You've never met a pair like Butch and Sundance. Well, we're back in business, boys and girls. Outlaws with style in a class all their own. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought I was going to grow up to be a hero. Don't tell me how to rob a bank. I know how to rob a bank. And anything you ask of me, I'll do. Except one thing. I won't watch you die. You just keep thinking, that's what you're good at. <laughs> An incredible pair of rugged adventurers, creating a living legend on two continents. But it's just one guy. Don't you get sick of being right all the time? They rob trains. Stop it. Looted banks. Manus Riva! They got him up! Ah, oh, you're so damn smart, you read it! And one girl shared their love and larceny. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head. What are you doing? Stealing your woman? Take her. Boy, you're a romantic bastard, I'll give you that. Mr. E.H. Harriman of the Union Pacific put the top lawmen in the West on their trail. They're very good. If he just pay me what he's spending to make me stop robbing him, I'd stop robbing him. They were outlaws, running out of time and out of space, and a changing world was closing in on them. From the American West to New York. To the dangerous new frontier of Bolivia. Bolivia. He'll feel a lot better after he's robbed a couple of banks. I'll jump first. Then you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? Is that the original trailer? Yeah, and it is crap. That music doesn't sound like like Casino Royale. That's the music from the film. Wow. It's um the score is by Burt Bacharach. And um I like the score. And they were done it's obvious from um, this trailer they didn't know how to sell this movie. You know, they keep playing up the action at the beginning. And this is really not an action film. This is a buddy film. It is a character driven film. It's a love story, actually, but it, it's a, it, it is a love story. Yeah. And I um, also saw some comedy. And there is some comedy. I would say it, there's more comedy than action in the movie, actually. 
You know, it's very, it's, it's Paul Newman. I think this is Paul Newman at his very best. And this is the film that made Robert Redford a star. And I think this is also Robert Redford at his best. And they have amazing chemistry. You know, they are two different guys, you know, Butch views himself as the thinker and, you know, um, Redford is the muscle kind of, you know, and they're going through and they trust each other and they're on, they're sort of on a downward spiral throughout the film. And, but, you know, and they have um, Catherine Ross with them, who is um, Sundance's girlfriend and they go to Bolivia because it was getting too hot in the West, but it's a great character film. Paul Newman is really terrific. Um, you know, he's not a guy that uses his guns. He always has to try to think of um, think of a way out. Like when his leadership in the gang is challenged by one of his monstrously huge and, you know, formidable underlings, you know. Ted Cassidy. Yeah, Ted Cassidy. You know, and he has to try to get out of this situation. And he does it without, you know, without killing anybody, you know. And um, he's willing to admit he's wrong. You know, because Cassidy had an idea and he's like, well, that's a good idea. He thought of that. Let's do it. You know, so, I mean, he's he's a great character. Sundance is really terrific, too. And you just want to spend time with him. It was directed by George Roy Hill, who's directed some other films we've discussed in the podcast periodically. A number of people have mentioned Funny Farm now and then. I think Mm -hmm. that was his last film. And um, it was written by one of my favorite screenwriters of all time, William Goldman. He won the Oscar for this. I did see this movie in the theaters in 1969 when it came out. Wow. Saw it at the drive-in, the Timonium drive-in outside of Baltimore with my parents. So it, it's sentimental. But, you know, regardless of any sentiment, this is a really great movie. It, you know, this is a film when people tell me they don't like Westerns. I say, well, watch um, watch this film, Butch Cassidy yeah. and the Sundance Kid. Because, you know, if you, you'll enjoy them enough that if you don't like Westerns, you'll overlook all the Western stuff going. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, it's a great film. Let's vote. Yeah. Come on. All right, now it's time to vote, and we all know that each person gets one vote each for their film. So we go to the people who didn't bring the film. So Wojo and Brad, I've seen all three of these. I like all three of these, but I'm going to pick Forty Eight Hours because I haven't seen that probably in about twenty years. And I want to see how it holds up. Okay. Brad? Well, I, I, I could bet you that you will never see these three movies compared together <laughs> any other place you look. I'm, I'm, I, I would that, That's a pretty safe bet. They're very different movies from different time periods. I think they're all good. Um, uh, we did actually see Booksmart, you know, last year. I enjoyed that. Um, I am actually going to go with 48 Hours as well. I think that was Ooh. from my... Uh, you know, from my childhood, growing, my childhood growing <laughs> up, and it was that's a classic that I Ralph's gonna get to, to pick the winner again. How old does yeah. that make me feel that you saw that in your childhood and I saw Butch Cassidy? I was one yeah. when you saw Butch Cassidy. I know, last. I was one or I less. Graduated. <laughs> I remember seeing Butch Cassidy in the theater, but you said it came out in '69. Yeah. yeah, that would have made me eight. Maybe I, don't I watched it in film class. I was only eight when it yeah. came out. I saw it. Okay, uh, Debbie. Well, you know, I love Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. They that is the coolest movie, and that's the only movie I saw of the three. So I, you know, I really I love Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I am going to watch Booksmart and Forty Eight Hours, which I haven't seen both of those movies. But I got to 
So I'm going to commit myself to watch both of them. But I am going to choose, and I'll tell you why, 48 Hours. Because Eddie Murphy, because Eddie Murphy, this was the year he was coming back, you know, of all these years of out of retirement. And what? COVID happening. So I'm wondering, um, Wojo, you're a comedian as well as Eddie Murphy. Can you get Eddie Murphy to come on? The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> Call him and see if he could come on. You know, he or could. Pro- could you get Eddie Murray to come on the podcast? Yeah. I Eddie could Murray. probably get Eddie Murray. Actually, yeah. the sequel to coming might be able to get. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. All right. Well, that's. I'm actually surprised. I'm not going to lie. I'm voting for Book Smart. Doesn't do any good. Doesn't matter. But I am surprised. Forty-eight hours. Break out. What's that? I brought the Oscar-winning script here. Will Actually, you know what, Sean? You, I mean, uh, that's a great movie. I'm just kind of yeah. sick of westerns right now. <laughs> yeah, because we've done it for so much. But, but that's a great movie. I love, I, I love that movie. Steve McQueen turned down being in it. Yeah, what an idiot. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But well, I, I will it. say I one thing: movie. watching these trailers does make me want to watch all three of them. So that's good. Yeah. We're picking yeah. good I will films. Definitely so that's, watch that's yeah. working out great. Good choice. Book, Actually, book smart was good, and yeah. it was yeah. funny I, when John. I really want said, to see that one. I'm oh, surprised look, it's that super one didn't. Bad. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. it, it, it looked exactly like Superman. And you know what? Forty-eight hours is the quintessential buddy film. It really is. It really did, as you said. Well, isn't isn't Butch isn't Butch casting his son's kid the original buddy film? No, no, you can go back. No, no, you go way back. You know, I mean, that's not. I understand that. Laurel and Hardy and all those, right? Yeah, Laurel and Hardy. All right, so that's a big win for John Quattrucci. Thank you, thank you, everybody. I appreciate the vote. I'm not going to lie; I'm a little surprised, but it's a good choice. All three films were great. So let's go to the intermission, take a little break, everybody. You know, I'm not getting my hair cut during the break this time. And then we'll come back. We'll talk about. And when we come back, and you'll still have more than everybody. I will. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ralph. When we come back, we'll do what? <laughs> and when we come back, we'll talk about 48 hours. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. Well, how's that for an intermission? That was much less than 48 hours. So let's talk about the film that John won. Uh, okay. Go ahead, John. Start her up. Well, before we, you know, uh, we just want to understand Brad's alone in his square. Oh, because right. During the break, Wojo wasn't feeling that well. Yeah. So she's going to bag out of the second half. Uh, I'm sure Brad has some insight on what Wojo feels about the movie. But, Brad, it's nice to see you center square like that. It's kind of nice. You're yeah, very welcome. Nice job. Oh. Uh, so yeah, my to... movie was 48 Hours, uh, and it was our, our buddy film genre. And um, I loved this movie when it came out in '82. I had not seen it in a while. It's probably been a few years since I saw it, and I watched it last night. And I got to tell you, I, I loved it you again. You mean two minutes? You mean two minutes ago? You just watched? I'm, it. I mean, I meant to say uh, keep the keep the illusion up, please. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Thank you. well i knew it was gonna win so i watched it before the show oh, okay so good during the That's break yeah. so i put down some notes yeah i was pretty confident uh again and the, the reason why i, I love this movie having seen it again and, and it's while it's fresh um eddie murphy was fantastic 20 years old his debut it was spectacular that bard scene like announced to the world eddie murphy's here 
But looking back on it, uh, I weighted it so heavy on Eddie Murphy that I didn't give Nick Nolte enough credit in this movie. The, the combination of those two was great. I mean, the way they played off each other, the character that Nick Nolte, with that voice, you know. Uh, yeah, he owes me money. Yeah, sounds like a real stormy romance. You know, that voice of his was just awesome. And so I did a little research on the movie also to find out some stuff I didn't know. Uh, and, and for those who don't know, it stars Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. Annette O'Toole was barely in it, but she was in it. They cut all the scenes out. James Remar was the bad guy, and he was a great bad guy. He was a scumbag. Yeah, he was terrific. Sonny Landon, who was Langham, who was in uh, or Landham, who was in uh, Predator, played the Indian. And uh, I don't even know. I think he might have had four lines in the whole movie. But he, he was. Died, intimid- he died the same way in both films too. Yeah, yeah. No he shirt was an on and a knife. Guy. It was <laughs> directed by it. Walter Hill. I don't remember music. an alien ripping his spine out in 48 yeah. hours. Spoiler. Well, I mean, <laughs> he was good, though. He was very shirtless with a knife. Okay, that's what I said. You're not going to win, Billy Bear. You're not going to win. Uh, the music was by James Horner, and he loved it so much, he used it three years later in Commando, the steel drums. It's the exact same music. Um, a little background on this uh, movie, was, uh, and I mentioned that in the first half, but I'm going to just remind people. It was written in the 70s for Richard Pryor and Clint Eastwood. And a lot of people turned down the role. I think the one that was the closest to actually uh, that they wanted to cast was Jeff Bridges instead of Nick Nolte. So I think that would have been a lot different. Uh, A lot of the dialogue between Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte was improvised, which I did not know. And now that, now that I watch it again, you can see where, where some of that improvisation, you could tell where some of that was. And it was good. I I really liked it. I thought they were great together. Um, The original name of the character was Willie Biggs. And Eddie Murphy said, that sounds like a Hollywood version of a black guy's name. So they changed it to Reggie Hammond, who uh, Hammond was the name of a cool kid from the hometown he was from. So I thought that. So at 20 years old, he's going into a Hollywood movie and saying, look, this is what needs to happen. And they listened to him, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, the first scene in the police station were after uh, the, the hotel scene was a one take three minute scene, which I didn't know. Uh, I only got that from the research and that, that scene, the thing I really liked about this movie, having watched it again, it wasn't as funny as I remember. Yeah. When I say that there wasn't as much comedy in it as I originally remembered, it was a pretty, uh, dark, uh, violent. In fact, that, that opening hotel scene, um, the movie studio was terrified of it that for a comedy, this is way too violent, but I think it actually works and it's the motivation for everything that happens. But I just think for a buddy genre, it's a great movie. Now I will say some of the language that Nick Nolte used, which is very racist and it's very un PC. And it kind of bothered me till the bar scene, because everything that was happening to Eddie Murphy up until that point, he got his chance to give it all right back and and did it brilliantly. Oh, you mean and the owned- first bar? Yeah, you mean the first bar scene, not the last one where Nick Nolte basically apologizes for that. Language. No, no, that's where he explained why he did it. Right. I'm and, talking and about the torchy. I scene. got you. I got you. To me, that was like okay. So they did all this stuff to bring him down, and that was his chance to give it right back to the white guys. Well, but they why- use that, but they didn't stop using that language throughout the whole no, film, and they they have but- that whole big fight in the middle, you know, after that right. scene. So, but when he but. To your point at that scene at the end, he explained why he did it and he apologized for it. And, and I love it. What did Eddie that. say? What did Eddie say? You didn't have to go that far. 
Right. And so goes, you're, that's you're that's right. fine, but you don't have to do that. I you're mean, that's right. what's interesting about the film looking back now in 2021 eyes. It's like, wow, it really was quite, I mean, you know, we get all, we, 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 we overanalyze these things because of this, but I didn't realize how dark the film was yeah. and how kind of not funny. I want to say two things before I let other people talk. One is um, Walter Hill said, this is not a buddy film. Those two guys hated yeah. each other right, right up until the end, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And the second one, Stephen D'Souza is listed as a writer on this. And if you look at his IMDb, which is, I know where all the research comes from. This guy was on all these major kind of uh, films along with uh, Shane Black, right? So he helped him write this one, Die Hard. If you look at Stephen D'Souza's list of stuff, he, he, was, he was involved in all this. Uh, all these films, which is great, but it's a really, it's, it's amazingly dark. And the other thing was that even throughout the whole film, they didn't think Eddie Murphy was funny enough. Some of the, some of the muckety mucks, the head guys were sending in jokes for Eddie Murphy to do because they didn't think he was being funny enough, which is in hindsight seems ridiculous given his rise to fame off this film. And it was because of his improvising and, and, and the way he and Nick Nolte got along and some of the stuff that he was doing. So. Sean, what is you? Uh, you had some thoughts you were saying before well, we started recording. Well, first, I want to say the, the writing credits are really odd, and it shows a long history because, you know, there's a way they do credits. So Stephen DeSouza is is and written by. Right, so right. he worked on a draft of the script entirely on his own. Um, Walter Hill and Larry Gross have an ampersand, so they work together on the script. So they did not work with Stephen DeSouza. But also Roger Spottiswood, who's mainly known as a director, also has a writ, a solo, like a, uh, and crap. So yeah. my guess is, is that probably D'Souza wrote the script. Spottiswood was probably set to direct one of the earlier versions. Otherwise, why would he even have a credit on this? And then that, um, Walter Hill and Larry Gross came in and worked on the final version that they produced. So um, I get, you know, it's odd credits because everybody's like well-known. Well, not Larry Gross, but everybody who's on these cre- this film is a well-known writer, you know. Now, where, he's well-known now, but was D'Souza well-known back then at this probably time? Probably not. This would have been very early in his career. But well, the original draft was in the 70s. Yeah. Wow. That's where it was originally written. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, this was a great piece for everyone. Now, my problem with this film, you know, I, I loved this film when it came out. You know, I love the music. I love the busboy song. You know, I love everything. But, you know, what I love about it now and is because it's something we don't see anymore is and is sort of a straightforward action film. Like now, the stakes are so high and everything. It's like John Wick, he has to fight like 92 people, you know, fast and furious. There's 87 different car crashes and villains. This is just like, a cop and a half, you know, a cop and a, and a guy going after like a couple criminals, you know, it, they don't make these films. It reminds me, I mean, these, this is much better than sort of like the films that would come in the nineties, like Van Damme and like, um, Steven Seagal. I mean, I used to go and see all these action movies in the day. And this is a genre that's essentially dead. This and comedies are really like pretty much gone from the theaters now. So I, I really like that, but. And I also really like the cinematography on this. This, the yeah. look of this film screamed early eighties. And as opposed to films, I've been, I've been watching a lot of films that have been shot recently and they're all being shot digitally and they try to make it look like film, but it's a little too sharp. This really looked like film. It had that 
lurid, overlid, kind of neon type of stuff that you would find in films from this period. You know, you could see the gate weave, at least on what we saw, watched it on. You know, it had a little swimming, co- you know, kind of look. And I liked at the end how it's everything's perfectly clear until they want need some fo- till they need some fog at the end in that Chinatown. It's all fog, all fog. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like uh, it's like goes from no fog in the entire <laughs> movie to complete fog. Right. The front came in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it came in in three seconds. Well, and, they needed. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And um, now what I don't like about the film is, first, um, I remember thinking Eddie Murphy was amazing, and he really was. However, after watching The Nutty Professor and Norbit and all, I just can't buy him as this tough guy, you know, that's like beating up Nick Nolte, who was like so, who probably has like 60 pounds on him. You know what I mean? Nolte was a much bigger guy. I just like couldn't buy the fist fight, you know. I mean, maybe it would have been better if he was that in one of those fat suits that he would use in the later movies, you know, because then he'd get that weight. So um, as much as I really loved Eddie Murphy, and I think he did an excellent job, in retrospect of looking at his entire career, I have a hard time buying it. But what I really have a hard time are some of the plot devices in this film. They, are, they just exist because they are needed. Um, for one thing, you can't get over this. Um, this would never happen. You know, they're never going to let this guy come out of jail with one cop, you know, for one weekend. You know, but that's the whole – you have to give the movie that because that's the whole conceit of the film. If that doesn't happen, there's no movie. But there's just a lot of things I don't buy, like when Nolte starts telling him about his girlfriend and his girlfriend troubles, I just don't see him doing that. You know, that character, like, suddenly opening up with this convict at that point he has no respect for. And it's sort of like when they roust them. The Indian's girlfriend's girlfriend. It's like they, you know, it's like it was just a little misogynistic thing, little some lesbian jokes, and then you know they need them there, so they go back, and both of the guys are there. But then you ask yourself, like, if they were were with those girls, why didn't they just go there straight from the beginning? You know, why didn't I they? Mean, I mean, you got to. OK, they have I mean, ready made women. Why did they have to go and get all these prostitutes and shoot up a hotel? Because uh, that because he's a cartoon character. I mean, they established that at the beginning. It didn't bother well, me the first time. They established it right at the beginning when he's watching that cartoon, the little space kid cartoon. It, that James <laughs> Remar character is a cartoon character. Yeah, none of it's believed. Yeah. None of it's. Be- how about the heist at the beginning? How they get him, break him out of jail? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. There's a lot of stuff like that. That, I, but I can't you know, blame. I went with I, the ride when I first saw it. I went with it till every time till I sat down this time. And I hadn't seen this in years. And I, I don't get me wrong. I like the film. I'm very nostalgic for this movie. But there's a lot of plot things. I just can't. I just can't buy well, them. Anymore. Isn't that what ruins the the second like another 48 hours? Some key character from this one becomes the the drug kingpin or something. Talk yeah, about the ice plot man. device, right? You know, that keyhole guy or whatever. Um, spoiler alert, by the way. How many years ago was this? No one is um, going to watch that movie. Listen, you cannot forget awful. when you saw this film the first time, the, the rise of Eddie Murphy. I mean, no, this, it was this amazing. It was superstar, right? Movie. So, I mean, having all this years of, you know, retrospect to say, well, he did bad movies after that. I mean, you could say that about everybody, I guess. It was for me, it was it was really I mean, it starts dark in that hotel. You forget how dark it is in that hotel yeah. And, violent. Yeah, you can, violent. and you can see why the, 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 the studio would be like, whoa, this is like right from the get-go. And, and poor that the guy from uh, 
Jonathan uh, Banks. Jonathan Banks is like begging for his life. I mean, just it was pretty, pretty bold right from the start. Drew, you're being quiet over there. I want to hear some. Well, some, I remember. I want to hear some Drewisms on this one. I remember when I was watching it, I was I kept looking at the time and I was like, this is 24 minutes. There's no buddies. There's no comedy. This is not how I remembered this movie. <laughs> right. He came Walter in 28 Hill, minutes in. Is that what it is? Okay. So Walter Hill, he made the movie. If he says it's not a buddy movie, then he's, you know, then it's not a buddy movie, except it's a buddy movie. Yeah. And a lot of buddy movies are about the tension between people. Like, it's almost like the, this is a buddy movie origin story, the same way Midnight Run is a buddy movie yeah. about two guys who bicker, and Rush yeah. Hour is a buddy movie about Tango two guys and Cash. Who Tango and yeah. Cash is the same thing. And, and a lot of those movies, I don't know that they exist without um, and Sundance. modern template of, of 48 hours, which doesn't exist without going back further to those things. I mean, it's, you know, it's it, a buddy movie doesn't mean that they're friends the whole time, but it they was a lot darker. Right. Buddy what? movies, they usually aren't. They usually are kind of at each other's throats a lot. Right. At least well, I, kind of the essence of a buddy movie. Yeah. I, I think especially if if we see them become buddies at the first time that, you know, no, no movie is going to start off the conflict by saying, well, you got out of jail. Let's go get some coffee and let's talk about your connections <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think um, what's funny is the, the movie is set in San Francisco. It's shot in San Francisco. And a lot of the stuff in the movie feels very San Francisco-y in terms of, I mean, fog really does show up in San Francisco, you know, out of nowhere. It's not like, uh, it's not like that never happens. It did happen at a critical moment. And um, it's actually, I noticed right in the beginning in the police station, it's got a really diverse cast for the yeah. era. There's like an Asian, I think she's a medical examiner and um, a bunch of different characters, which again is, is San Francisco is a lot more multi-ethnic than a lot of cities that could have been set in. So th- there was some, there's some authenticity there, but um, it's, it's funny. Like I had, you guys know what the Mandela effect is? Yeah. So the, the Mandela effect is that uh, people were sure it's it's a it's a cognitive um, uh, folly basically. People were sure that Nelson Mandela had died. They remembered that he died. They remembered that they'd seen his funeral when he was still alive. Right. And Bearstein Bears. Bearstein Bears is another one. Right. That's another one where people know they know something, but it's not right. They're remembering right. it wrong. I had in my head because Annette O'Toole's character is in the movie. And because um, she, I think, is more patient than he deserves with him, uh, I remembered the scene where Reggie and Nick Nolte, before he goes back to prison, where they go to see Annette O'Toole and Reggie helps Nick Nolte, uh, helps, uh, I can't remember Nick Nolte's character's name, Eddie Murphy Jack helps Kate. Nick Nolte. Jack Cates. Jack Cates. Jack so, Cates. So, so Reggie helps Jack smooth it over with his girlfriend and, and give him a second chance. Well, first, that's not in the movie. Drew, I, I want to tell you, I thought that scene was in there, too. I honestly funny. thought that scene was in there. well they maybe maybe you saw a tv version where they added the scene i'm sure because yeah, there was a lot of her scenes were cut out yeah because they, they, they cut out a lot of her scenes yeah okay yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't tend to think of this as a movie that that's gone through a lot of cuts it's not like michael mann doing heat well no but if they're going to show it on tv think of how much they'd have to cut out because of the language uh no, you guys sure. will be happy because the f-bomb be was 48 times yeah that was nice i like that yeah. actually thanks that's for movie strange me. bad yeah, I will say um, good movie strange. Good. Yeah, good. It, I was, mean. it was shorter than I remembered, especially yeah. considering that it's it's so violent and so dark um, without any without any Eddie Murphy. Um, it probably could have used a 17 minute ballet sequence towards the, end <laughs> of the movie just to fill it out. <laughs> the other thing I'll say, you know, I mean, 
this is also one of those movies. Eddie Murphy, you're watching a movie star be bored. Right. It's like watching Jennifer Lawrence's first movies. And it just these, these, you just see somebody and you go, wow, yeah. this, is, yep. this is something big. And it, it's not surprising that he's going to go on and he's going to keep working. And I looked over his, um, his filmography after this because I hadn't remembered that this was really his very first feature film. And, you know, I mean, he, he's the same guy who, who did a lot of different kinds of stuff, which I think is good. But you know what? This movie is from, what, 1982? And I'm looking forward to coming to America next yeah. month. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that's a steady yeah. part of the of the of the the world of of big studio movies. And so, you know, it, it was it was not quite the film I remembered, but it was it was nice to go back and, and check it out. I will say the racism was was really jarring. None of that aged well. And the 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 way that the casual way that, that Nick Nolte's character was racist and the language he used and also the way that Eddie Murphy wasn't really allowed to react to it, uh, that felt really dated. And then at the end, basically, Nick Nolte's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything. That's the way people talk. You know how it is. Well, he was right. You know, that, that is how, it was, how, it was, how people talk. But it's not, um, it's not a part of the movie that I, that I remembered at the time thinking, oh, this is a real problem. So we've come a long way in, in that sort of thing, too, which I think is nice. Yeah, but you do remember that he does flip it in that bar scene where he, where he plays the, the, tech, you know, the cop going in there. And that, that sort of justified what was going on in your own mind because, oh, Eddie Murphy got back at the rednecks. So that's good. But, yeah, it's a little hard. You could never pull that off now, number one. It would never happen. And we look at things differently. And well, he, sure. You know, and even retrospectively looking back at Eddie Murphy and going, well, he used to be funny. Now, you know, it's hard to do in 1982 eyes. This thing was cra- it was crazy. Now look, good. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of jokes and raw and delirious that you couldn't do today. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's that's fine. You even the bus boys. I mean, I had a bus boy cassette. I, you know, I yeah. got into the bus boys and all that stuff. So this movie was huge when it came out. It's seven, funny though. Seven you said, n- on the I, list, I, box office list that year. Wow. I didn't I didn't connect the. um I didn't connect the Eddie Murphy bar scene, which is a very funny scene. I didn't connect that to, well, he gets to do it because Nick Nolte did it to him. I, I get how you make that connection. I didn't think of it that way. Uh, I, I kind of thought of it as, um, wh- like, where is this bar in San Francisco? <laughs> well, all of them. Yeah, I mean, they keep. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. what a weird group of it seem out of place, didn't it? or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it worked when Nick Nolte went in the other bar. It buttoned it up. Yeah. And Nick Nolte was sort of an he unsung was great. hero in this one. Yeah. He, you know, he you great. really do have a different. He was so funny. You know. uh, so, Debbie, um, what did you uh, think? I'm kind of yeah. curious. Yeah, Debbie, Debbie I want to hear Debbie's take and then Brad and Wojo. I guess we can. Eddie Murphy. I love Ed, Eddie Murphy. He, he was, he's still cool. He, he is um, in my mind. I can't wait for his next film. And he's been away too long. But I thought for sure, I, this is the first time I saw this film. And um, I was really surprised that you um, felt, I thought it was going to be a, an example of the Spitfire Grill for you, John. <laughs> 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 because I, I don't think it holds up. I mean, it just really, the jokes were hardly there. Um, it was a very violent, you know, that there was no reason for Nick Nolte to, you know, they're getting along. I mean, implausible cop and a half, you know, Eddie Murphy's not going to be let out of jail. And the MacGuffin is totally far, too far fetched, you know, and it didn't make any sense, but maybe when was it, how long ago has it been? 82. 
Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, 38 years. Maybe when we were watching movies there, I didn't see it, but I'm thinking you would just buy it. I don't know. That, that I one. bought it, but oh, hook, sure. line, and sinker. I mean, come yeah, on, it's it's you have to accept a lot of these things. You have to spend a, to spend a ton of disbelief. Belief, but come on, you know, just somebody in prison is going to be wearing a really nice suit coming out to go into forty-eight hours of he police good, activity. Well, anyway, nine hundred dollars suit. He went I in presume, with. It. I presume that's what he went in. Yeah, that's what yeah. he said. I went yeah, in with this. So, yeah, yeah, that's the only um, thing he had. I mean, Debbie made a very good point. It's like. What she couldn't believe is that his partner, the little guy, I forgot what his name is. Luther. Luther wouldn't take the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had the girl. Why had his girl? For all that time. You no, know? no, no. She, she means in the three years, was. why didn't he take the money while yeah. Reggie was in jail and right. yeah. Vance was in jail? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't put that together. I thought maybe he and Reggie had a deal or something. Well, I'm sure they did, but everyone else, they're all thieves. Thieves steal. Well, know? until he broke out of prison, oh, that changed everything. Yeah. Right? That's the only thing that bothered me. What happened to Luther's girlfriend? They never resolved that. I think she's dead. They shot she them was both. Just, just over. Yeah. Shot them both in that bus. I guess. No, they shot him, but they, they, yeah, they didn't shoot her. Well, who knows? We don't know what they did. I mean, she's, you know. But the, um, the responsibility of having that woman being dragged to every place, you know, that's a lot of work. You know, if you're a bad guy and you yeah. just, you know, want what, what was it, a half a million? Half yeah. a million, yeah. It was worth more back then. It was worth <laughs> it. Luther, but that you door see, hurt. That you hurt when you looked real painful. You can see where lethal, that was a good uh, imitation there. Thank I think you. your Nick Nolte slightly better. I'm not going to lie, but that's. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Ralph. Um, well, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for Brad to do one yeah. of these iconic lines as Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Jimmy Stewart in this? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now I was going to say, you can see where lethal weapon came out of this stuff too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such, it's such a line right to lethal weapon, including the bus stuff. He loves to shoot buses getting blown up in, street, in the middle of the street. So Brad, <laughs> the action what, was uh, good. The action was what, really well done, I thought. Yeah. It, no, it's, it's well, it's no, a it was excellent. film. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, and all his guys came out of the- very tense. Yeah. yeah. And, and all his guys came out of the Warriors, you know, James Remar, yeah. the guy playing Luther and um, all of them. I mean, it was just well done. Um, well, Hill was really hot back then. I was oh. just looking on the IMDb. It's like, when did he fall apart? It was, um, you know, because he, I mean, before this, he had done one of my favorite films at the time. What was it? Southern Comfort. Oh, I that's a good one. That I was love a- that movie. movie. Oh, my God. Powers that's Booth. a good buddy film. <laughs> yeah. <Powers Booth. laughs> uh, Brad, was Wojo, were you guys able to watch this before? Yeah, we did. We actually watched okay. it like the next day after. Well, I'm sorry. We watched oh, it. Oh, you mean? During the break, yeah. During the break, full speed, yeah. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've we've both seen it before, and we both enjoy. Well, I I I enjoyed it back when I watched it. Um, I I did enjoy it again this time. Probably not as much. I like Debbie. I think some of it. I think some of it holds up. Some of it doesn't. You know, obviously Eddie Murphy was great in it. You know, I mean, you know, he, you know, he was starring it, and he he was really good. Nick Nolte was great too. Um, but obviously the, you know, the racial stuff, even though it's sort of resolved later and he kind of explains it, it's still, it's still a little unsettling, you know, that to hear all that, even while it's going on, you know, um, but I, just like all you guys, I, I was surprised at how little humor there was in it. I, I had remembered it being a lot funnier too. I'm, it's funny that we all remember the same way, but, um, 
But I do remember because we we kind of said this. That was like the first thing we said at the end. We was like, this really didn't have as much humor as we remember. Yeah. Um, I, I also, you know, we it, it was interesting because of the, you know, with the racial slurs and everything. But and then you talk about the diverse cast. The the police captain was was an African-American guy. You know I mean? that was He always plays a police captain. That, that guy, guy, he always, yeah. he always well, does the same thing too. Yeah. But, they um, really spoofed it in last action hero. He really. Wasn't really that actually hard. him? In yeah, that, that was yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that in ages. So yeah. Often. yeah. But, um, but I mean, I enjoyed it overall. I mean, it was, it, it was a good action movie, you know, dark and everything, but um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it would be something I would, keep watching over and over again at this point. I mean, I, I enjoyed seeing it again cause it's been so long and, um, and I did enjoy lots of parts of it, but you know, it, it is very dark, a lot more dark than I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was good to see it again. It was good to see Eddie Murphy that young again, you know, cause you know, obviously he's yeah. almost 40 yeah. years ago now. Um, but it, it, you know, it, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad we saw it again, but I, I think I'm probably good with it for, another <laughs> for it, it. <laughs> no i don't think this is a movie i would watch over and over again like you know like yeah. i always say uh i let you know if it comes on will i watch it i haven't seen this movie in a long time for me it was i love nick nolte in this movie uh i think it was one of the better things he did it yeah, also it also catapulted him again because he his career at that point wasn't that great and just the fact that murphy started because look I think Eddie Murphy, I think his best performance was uh, in The Absent-Minded Professor when he played the the, the fat guy. He, I mean, that was a real character that he played the entire movie. And he didn't get nearly enough credit for his performance in that because he had the fat suit. But he really created a real character, and he showed he could act. And in 48 Hours, it wasn't his acting skill that, that made this movie. It was... Uh, he was like a bolt of lightning that, that hit and with his delivery. And you're right. I mean, the fight scene was ridiculous. Nick Nolte would have kicked that, kicked the crap out of <laughs> you him. You know what I hated about the fight scene? Here's what really bugged me about that. And, I, and it bugged me back then, too, was when it's all over and they're sitting in the car and Nick takes that last shot at him and punches him in the, in the jaw as they're sitting at the – I'm like, okay, first of all, you can't believe – Eddie Murphy could have beat him up anyway, right? It's right. Ridiculous. Those guys. <laughs> but in the movie and, theater, that got a huge laugh. That, I know because that it's, got it's, a huge laugh. I know. So you, I know. I mean, but I know. But just it really it bugs me that they did that. That button. I, I'm just saying, and it bugged me back then. It, bugged, it really bugged me now because it's like over the top. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Well, look, but, a lot of a lot of that kind of humor doesn't age well. I mean, Nick right. Nolte's character objectively is an atrocious police officer, guilty of multiple levels of brutality. <laughs> yeah, really terrible, He's sitting at his desk in the office driver. in front of everybody, drinking out of his his, yeah, his, his, his flask. I mean, the stuff, yeah. the stuff that, that represents him as some sort of you know, rebel kind of renegade character yeah. that, the, that the, you know the captain's going to scream at because he made another big mess kind of thing. You know, that, that's, um, he should be brought up on charges today. That's just a different world. I like that his thing. sleeves were never buttoned. I just thought that was a funny thing. He had a lot of things. Never buttoned. That was he's the one they put in charge of him. the guy who loved was in jail. He was like uh, Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon. No, I'm not saying I didn't like the cat. I thought he was great. Well, hold, wait, hold on. Go ahead. He he didn't he he wasn't told to do that, right? Like, didn't he sort of halfway sneak? I got, that, yeah, he I forged he forged the signature to get him out. Right? Yeah, he he yeah. snuck him out, oh, okay. which is the kind yeah. of bad decision that a rebel. Cop well, no, the bad know. decision was giving Gantz's gun, thinking well, they were just going to walk bad. out of the room. And now that he killed everybody with his gun, he was going to do whatever he had to do. That didn't bother me. 
That's true. That's fair. You know, yeah, so, that was a pretty bad decision, right? Yeah, it was. But that scene when he's when he's he's going like that back and forth, you know. Yeah. I just, I no, I mean, that. listen, I can remember seeing this and just being blown away by the film and by Eddie Murphy, right? I remember that, hundred percent. Like I said, I bought the the cassette of the Bus Boys. I was all into this, all hooked, all in. Um, but yeah, you look at it now, and you know, you break everything. It's hard <laughs> to not. It's hard to not break it down with twenty twenty one eyes. Um, well, it does we kind always of make do you want to go back and look at some of these other movies from that era. Like, but I, you were I right. You seen... you said it, it for me too. It was jarring because I didn't yeah. remember it that way. Yeah, and, having re, you know rewatched it, uh, and again, you're looking at it through much different eyes now. But yeah. it was a little bit. It, look, I saw. I think I mentioned this before. I saw Blazing Saddles at the Wang Center here with Mel Brooks as a speaker, and the first ten minutes of that movie, when they were throwing out the N word. You could hear a pin drop in the movie in the movie theater, and and then then people started to laugh because Richard Pryor wrote Blazing Saddles, so people started to laugh and and they appreciated the humor of it, but it was very uncomfortable for the first ten minutes, and and this was kind of like that because I didn't remember it that way. But here's what I remember: I think this is this is now that I've had time to digest what we've been saying. Basically, we're all white people. And when we remember pretty much. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She rem- I think oh, what she meant to say was. I think, I think somebody as, took her out. <laughs> as, oh, obviously, <laughs> white people did something to her screen. <laughs> oh, dear, you're back. Think- you completely froze. <laughs> Oh, I was <laughs> yeah, she said a lot of really Yeah, but Debbie, stuff. Debbie, let's be fair. You didn't see this back in 1982, right? No, but I know the genre. You know what I mean? I know okay. when, when I saw Eddie Murphy, when I saw Trading Places. Right, right. When I saw Richard Pryor. When, you know, you see these really, you don't see black guys, black women on the screen that much. Really, we didn't. Well. Okay, that's another. There question. was Sidney Poitier. <laughs> there was, you know, the uh, who were the other black. <laughs> not, the <laughs> other black guys. Yeah, just that, that yeah, I, we get we get what you're saying. I think we'll just freeze up, this. freeze up. <laughs> hey, who's the white guy that's got the button? Hit the button! Hit the button! <laughs> Then, then, you know, I mean, this was all... Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a good name to bring up. Really, the the thing is, in those days, if we remember, we didn't see, uh, you know, buddy films between a black man and a white man. Oh, um, the defiant ones? um, Defiant ones, yeah. Defiant ones. That's about it. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. I mean, it's so when you watch these things, and I didn't see this movie when it came out, but I'm saying now it's you know you know totally wow. I'm I'm you know living in 2020. Look, if you go back, heat of the night. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, the other thing Walter Hill said was that this is just Eddie Murphy was Alex Foley. Alex Foley is just this guy in these other. If you look back at that movie, Beverly Hills Cop, you go, oh my god. Talking about Axel Foley. What did I say? He said Alex Foley. I was oh, like, did he say Alex? About? 
Mean, he Axel is Foley. You know, perhaps you know Eddie Murphy's most famous character. I love character, the song If we look back at that one, we'll be able to pick that one apart too. And that was another one that Eddie Murphy just right that took him to the you know that even put him higher in the in the strategy. Written for Sylvester Stallone. Well, that okay. that's what I was going to say earlier. It kind of makes me want to go back and look at some of these movies. Like, I remember I really liked, I don't know if you guys remember, Running Scared. Billy yeah. Oh, yeah. Gregory, Gregory Hines. Hines. Oh, Billy it's just really Love fun. That. And Jimmy Smith is a great villain and all that stuff. I, that's I right. That's a black and white buddy. See if, uh, see if it, yeah, if it, uh, was thinking and, about if it comes over. That was after this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't exist without 48 yeah, hours. That's right. For sure. right. Yeah. And it's sort of like, let's see. Who hasn't been in one of these yet? Oh, Billy Crystal. But who's right. going to be Gregory Hines? Yeah. yeah. Gregory Hines was up for uh, Eddie Murphy's part. Yeah. yeah. He oh, was, was he really? He was up yeah. for it. Yeah. Man, John, you read all the IMDb, huh? Whatever. Hey, no, yeah. I do my research, Ralph. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like a you. funny film, but talking about action films of the period, I was like, um, I recently saw, I mean, Seagal's a, a total jerk, you know, and it's come through, but. I remember those like first three films of him were like everyone's like, Wow, Steven Seagal, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one Saturday, Hard to Kill was on his second film, which I saw in theaters, thought was fantastic. I'm sitting there watching it like, oh my God, this is horrible. And you could tell how cheap it is for the photography, the sets, the bad action. You know, and the thing is it's sort of like everyone's waiting to and he's like fight. He's like fighting three guys. It's like everybody's waiting for their choreography to kick in. It's like he's doing right. this with that, and then he right. turns over. Then that guy does this, and it's like, and it, you know, considering it was an action film, it, the action just just didn't hold up. I know, actually just watched that a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Um, yeah. I, it is it is not good, and I had a ball. Watch. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen a martial artist never kick above his waist. I mean, those, first, <laughs> those first four Steven Seagal movies are trash fun. They're yeah. just fun. The stuff and he does damn, you can say the same thing about his stuff. But, yeah, Under Siege was his best movie. I love. I thought, Siege. yeah, I loved Under Siege. But I, I mean, that's fun, again. Yeah. It's easy to do this retroactive, retroactive yeah. looking back at these things. So, I mean, that's why we do it. What's the point of right. doing this if we didn't? So, I still enjoyed the movie, and I, uh, I, I just right. loved it. Well, let's go around and rate it. Let's go. Yippee ki or nay? What do you got, Sean and Debbie? Oh, that's a wow. Ooh, <laughs> that, that canceled. I still enjoyed it. I yeah. just had problems with it. Yeah, no, yeah. I got you. Bradley. I'm kind of on the same line. There as you go. Yeah. I like it. How about Wojo? Yeah, I think she would have given it a thumbs up. I think right, she was. Excellent. So Brojo up. gives it a thumbs up. Brojo. Bro I like that. Brojo. <laughs> uh Drew, <laughs> I would go uh, yippee ki meh. I mean, what's yeah, funny no. is funny, and what doesn't work anymore doesn't work anymore. But I, I mean, it's also such an influential movie. It's it's fun to think about, you know, everything that came out of that movie that I also still enjoy. So yeah, John. Oh, you know how I feel. I'm going to oh, yeah, yippee ki. Yep. I'm going to say yippee ki for another reason. I just it just dawned on me that I remembered that I saw this with my buddy Tommy Sacramento when it came out in 1982. And and the, the thrill we had coming out of that film, talking about Eddie Murphy. What's that? You came out in 82? I came out of the film. Yeah, but just yes, for six months, Debbie. Just six right. months. Six he was months. experimenting. Yeah. Nothing serious. All is well. All right. Good job. John, nice pick. No, no. What Thank was you? Point, John? I mean, yeah, Ralph, about Tony yeah. Sacramento. Tommy Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. Axel Alex Foley. Foley. Yeah, Axel Sacramento. <laughs> Axel. Alex. Alex. Ioki Sky. He mentioned Ioki Sky. Ioki Sky. 
Oh, <laughs> That's nice. why I put the pictures up, okay? Because I know I screw <laughs> them up. Listen, there's a guy I watch on uh, the web all the time who is from Boston as well, from the New England, and he screws up names all the time. It has something to do with vowels and the way we – anyway. All right, so don't feel bad. On. I'm a big fan of Yoko Sky too, so don't feel, <laughs> don't feel <laughs> bad at all. John moves on, and we got two new – we have to put two new challengers now, okay? All right. So we're going to spin the wheel, and go – I didn't host, see that coming. The, uh, yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> the host with the most. All right, let's try. Let's see. Number two. Oh. I, oh, oh I, come on. Come on, man. So man, we're going to rename man. this podcast The Sean oh. Showdown. Is that what, what we're gonna going to do? On. All right, so it's Ralph and Sean and John. Now we what the <laughs> genre is. I know what I'll do that. That is fascinating. Looking uh, forward. There's so many to choose. I know. From. This is going to be crazy. I just bought one on Laserdisc. You, ever, you, guys, you guys ever see The Hunger? Oh, Captain oh, yeah. yeah. David so Bowie. Be one. I got a few of those. I got some X-rated ones, too. Maybe well, we bring that I can't to do Dracula, Bella Lugosi Dracula. Oh, my I'll God. Lose. I'll throw you off if you do. I'll that. lose. Okay. I'll, th- and I'll throw you off. You'll be off for two weeks. Oh, I... I got it. I already uh, got it. A few years back, right. we saw um, Nosferatu at, oh. uh, with, with somebody actually playing the pipe organ in, nice. in, in a church, in an old church. Oh, I love Nosferatu. really cool. All right. Well, well, you guys let me know what you're going to bring. All right. And we'll see I what happens. I do not drink wine. There's a couple good ones. Oh, this would be I fun. love Dracula, but I don't think it would win on this one. It podcast. wouldn't win. That's why I'm not going to pick it. Yeah. You guys know what you got to do. It's about winning the thing. So, all right. Yeah. It's about winning the thing. Winning the thing. I don't know. We're not winning anything. We're just, it's pride. It's just it's pride. So what you're saying is that someone should pick life force. That's what you're saying. Oh, oh. that is, you know what? You just oh. took my pick. Uh, Why would Matilda you do that? Matilda May. No, that? Matilda <laughs> May. She walks naked uh, through the whole movie. She's Ralph right. picked that I one. I didn't remember that. Ralph will pick that movie. <laughs> no, I got a lesbian version. Of it. That's I a hunger, feel. isn't it? Uh, so lovers, I got another one that I might that I might. A lot of on. good choices. We'll all right, all right, everybody, have a good week. This was fun, and we'll see you on the next I one. I hope Wojo feels better, Brad. Yeah, tell Wojo we're, we're thinking Thanks, about it. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Bye, bye.